What's up, everybody? Welcome to the 131 Podcast. I am your co-host, as always, Eric Libby, joined with my best friend, Aaron Acorn. What's up, man? Not too much, man. Happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there, especially the hockey moms. Yeah, can always uh, – special day for the moms, you know, being at the rink really early, um, especially your mom, Aaron. She's done a lot for us, taking it to us a lot of games, a lot of uh, Shout out Donna Acorn. Donna Acorn is a saint. Uh, just before sure. we get into the show, I uh, just want to uh, just make sure everyone's staying uh, healthy, staying safe, doing that social distancing thing. I um, also want to talk about the show going forward. So we're releasing two episodes this week. We're still breaking down the uh, divisions. So you're going to hear the Atlantic Division and the Metro t- uh, today. And then next week, we're going to push out two more episodes. We're going to do the Pacific and the Central. And then going forward, we're probably just going to push out one episode per week just due to time constraints. And there's really no hockey going on and really no information. Um, So that makes sense. But I'm I'm excited to get uh, started on the Metro today, man. Yeah. Uh, Just looking ahead, um, we have the draft coming up. And that's going to be really fun to cover. We're thinking about doing like a live stream of some sort. Yep. Then we have free agency. Yeah, we have free agency on July 1st, which is always crazy. A lot of overpayments. Can't wait. It'll be fun. It's going to happen. But uh, what's on tap today, man? Where are we starting? We're just going to start from the top. Uh, the way I like to do these things is just go through the standings and see who's at the top of the standings and, of course, the Washington Capitals are there, 2018 Stanley Cup champions. Uh, you want to start us off with them? Sure, man. Um, I think the first thing we need to get into is uh, going into this offseason, man, Brayden Holpe. I think he's on his way out. I think it, they're, they're transitioning more to um, go to Samsonov. I think, too, with the Backstrom signing, that kind of hinted that Holpe's on his way out. Where do you think he's going to go? Good question. Um, trying to think of teams uh, that are in need of a goalie and have the money to pay him because he's going to command a lot. He still, in my opinion, is a top 10 goalie in the NHL. He's only made, he's making 6-1 right now, and I think that's an underpayment for his value. But at the same time, he is 30 years old. Um, and kind of going back to last year, looking at Bobrovsky, he got overpaid. Um, a team I could see giving him some money uh, might be the Minnesota Wild. That's interesting. Because uh, they have Devin Dune, uh, Devin du- uh, Devin Dubnik over there. Yeah, but I could see I could see something where they work it out. I see Billy G making a couple moves and possibly him going there. I think that this Washington Capitals team is like sneaky good. Do you- oh yeah, hundred percent. Think about I mean, ninety percent of this roster is, was part of that team that won the cup. You still have your you still have your core. You have Ovi. You have Evgeny Kuznetsov, Backstrom, Oshi, Wilson. Who's dude? I I love Tom Wilson. He's there's no one like him in the NHL. He is literally no one is built like him. And I think 
if you compare him to someone, it'd be Lucic back in the day. Wilson definitely has more skill. Yeah, Tom Wilson is a force, man. He he's yeah. always he just dominates a physical game, and he's that's why he, it makes him so valuable is because he can score too. He's not yeah, just some he, bum who like fights all the time. He yeah. he can scrap, he can score, he can hit, he can change the game with one big hit. Yeah, a hundred percent. And you saw it in that playoff. He beat the absolute shit out of people. Um, dude, how about John Carlson? Oof. He had a pretty good season, huh? Yeah, it's if this season didn't get put on hold, he's in Front my opinion. Yeah, he's a Norris Trophy winner. Yeah, I mean, he just he, came out of the water, like he. Yeah, I don't know it's, where it's, to explain it. Yeah, dude, he's having so kind of. Morgan Riley had something similar to it last year, where like the production was ridiculous. However, Carlson's got the full package. He's making eight million. He's living up to the eight million dollar contract. And just like we He's, talked about with um, Victor Hedman in uh, yesterday's episode and just talking about thing. the whole Krug situation, like you have John Carlson and Victor Hedman who only makes 75 to $8 million. There's no way that Krug is going to get what he wants. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, sorry, I'm sorry, Bruins fans, but Krug, yeah. he's not, not staying to be, in Not Boston. to beat a dead horse by any means. Yeah, but yeah, you can't. You if if I'm the GM, like, okay, Tori, you want seven? Okay. If you say eight, are you just as good as Hedman and Carlson? Okay, you're not. Or why we should we pay you like that? Exactly. You're not the. He's not the number. That's number one defenseman money, and Krug is not a number one defenseman. Yeah. Uh, but uh, another player I think we need to talk about is this kid Verona, man. 24 years old, really having a breakout season. Um, big fan of him. The kid can fly. And he had, a, he had a rough go kind of when he started with the Caps. But I think this year, after they got rid of Burkowski, I think he's, he's the guy coming up. I agree. Uh, Verona, he's going to be pretty good. He's got two years left on his current deal. Uh, the Capitals are going to keep this guy. Yeah, he's there for the long run. Could Everyone's have- talking about it is, is if Ovechkin can close in on Gretzky's record. This this hurt Ovechkin for that in that sense of trying to catch him because he lost X amount of games, man. Still, he has forty eight goals in sixty eight games. The but the, the comparison, it he's playing it at a much more competitive time where the the league is better, it's faster, it's harder to score goals. The goalies are better. You know what I mean? The, the one thing I will say with Ovechkin, dude, he does not get hurt. He is literally an android. I had this argument with someone on Twitter a couple of weeks ago. Someone said that he couldn't reach Gretzky's rec- record and because it would be a health issue. I literally I pulled up his last four seasons. He's only missed four games in four seasons. The dude's and, a horse. Like, and you know what those games are? They're suspensions from not going to the All-Star game. Yeah, this guy doesn't miss games. Like, no. Whoever you were and, out there on Twitter, you keyboard warrior, you don't know anything. Yourself. Yeah, you're a moron. Yeah. One uh, interesting dude. thing about this Washington Capitals team is yeah. they have, like, no draft picks. They really don't. They've, they have a first. Uh, they're, M- McClellan, McClellan's gone all in on this team. They have a first, a conditional third, a fourth, and a fifth, and a sixth. Yep. 
And if you look back, dude, in the 17 draft, their highest pick was a fourth rounder. And then they picked, they took 30, they had to pick 31, 18. And then they had nine in the 19 draft, they had picked 25. But I will say the pick they took 25 in the first round, that kid McMichael, I think he might be a steal of the draft. The kid had 102 points in 52 games this year with London. He looked really good at the world juniors, six foot 181, still filling into his frame. Um, but he, from what I saw, this kid could have been a top 10 pick from the draft. Yeah, Connor McMichael from the uh, – you said Halifax or London? No, London Knights. London Knights, yeah. He's going to be good. Uh, I haven't really watched any film on him or even highlights. Don't know too much about him. I've watched a couple of just YouTube videos where the ISO cam on his shifts. He's, it's, it's hard really to compare because he's playing – it's a U-20 leagues, and he's in his last year. He's 19. So he, he is on the bigger end, and he's probably a lot more acclimated to that game. So it's hard to say when you ISO him there, but at World Juniors, I think, would be the biggest test, and he lived up to it, man. I know we talked about this yesterday with Montreal, um, and now yeah. that we're on the other side of things, does the Ilya Kovalchuk deal, uh, is that good for Washington? No, that didn't. I think he had a rejuvenation in Montreal, but I think since he's come over to the Caps, he really hasn't – you know what I mean? He hasn't really been – They've been playing him bottom six minutes, and he's not a bottom – that's not a guy who can play bottom six. I mean, man, he played – he's played seven games, four points, but he really hasn't seen the power play a lot. I mean, it's really hard to insert him in because you basically have Carlson and Ovechkin running that top, and then uh, it's hard really to replace. You can't replace Backstrom or Oshie on the power play unit. I think Ilya Kovalchuk coming back to the NHL put a lot of teams like in this sort of like facade where they thought he would be the old Ilya Kovalchuk. Yeah, a hundred percent. And the thing too is like, yeah, he he was over a point per game player in the the KHL, but um, even like at the Olympics when he played, he was playing against college kids essentially. There was no pros really in that in that Olympics, and he looked good, but. And when he came over from the Kings, he had 34 points in 64 games. Then the next year, 17 games, six points. And then his his contract was terminated. He signed with Montreal. So, yeah, if this was Kovalchuk, you know, back in 2012, 2013, him, that, that's a different player. But, yeah, he's definitely aged. I mean, the guy's 37 years old. Um, he's still got some talent, but I just don't think the foot speed's there anymore. Yeah, to all you hockey fans out there. Yeah. Don't but I think know. we've talked enough about uh, Washington. Let's uh, let's transition over to Philly. How about you start it off? Yeah, so Philadelphia Flyers, one point behind Washington, arguably the hottest team in the NHL coming down the stretch. 100%, man. Um, they looked uh, really good. It seemed like they were peaking at the right time. Um, they have, It seems like they have a very good nucleus in there with guys like Giroux, Voracek, uh, the signing of Hayes, uh, it just seemed like the things were rolling with them. Carter Hart looked really good. Um, they, I mean, they handled a lot of adversity losing Limblom. And for someone who was where he was picked, he's really turned into a great player. And I'm hoping he's back sooner rather than later. I've got a question for you. What's up? The Flyers take the top spot in the Metro. Yep. And then the Capitals play Pittsburgh in the first round. Okay. Does that change the, the the way the playoff road goes to the Stanley Cup? It could, potentially, because I could see Pittsburgh 
Pittsburgh could easily pop Washington. I mean, look at look at the playoffs last year. What happened? Um, but it also depends who's Philly going to get. Could they get the Islanders? Could they get the Rangers? The Hurricanes? Who are they going to get? And maybe the Blue Jackets. It it's so tight that you really can't. You have to look at it in so many different scenarios. Um, I could see the Flyers even getting popped in the first round. Yeah, that's a young team. It's not necessarily a young team, but a very inexperienced playoff team, yeah, especially, especially their goaltenders. Yeah, and how? Let's be real here. Philly and goalies. It doesn't seem like it ends well. I think this that kid they seems got like. Their, yeah. Yeah, and when you when you talk about franchise players for the Flyers, it's ruined Carter Hart. But another player we got to talk about here, man, Ivan Provorov. He's yeah. He, uh, he seems he seems legit. I'm I'm a fan. I, I see him similar to that kid Sergachev in Tampa. Um he signed like he got his contract um this year, um waited it out with Travis Konechny, another player we need to talk about. But yeah, uh he looks like he uh, could potentially win a Norris in the next five or five, ten years. He's a young kid. He's still got a lot to learn, but you can definitely see the talents there. What's crazy is that like two years ago it was Gosses Bear. Gosses Bear was their yep. their anchor and now yep. Provorov I'll never forget him coming here. out of Union, dude. He had some fucking skill. He has skill, but he had that, especially in college, he was a stud. And then he had that big year. And ever since then, it's been his production's actually gone down. So I don't know what's going to happen with him. Um, it's kind of nice they have him to to fall back on. Um, another uh, player that they, ha- they have. They have some good D, I'll say that, that they can kind of get away with Gossespierre kind of falling by the wayside if that's – where it looks like it's going, but I hope it doesn't, obviously. Flyers fans, it sucks, but Nolan Patrick, I don't think he is. He he missed all the season, too, with injury, and that was his big thing with coming into the draft was he was hurt a lot in junior. Uh, I don't think it was the right pick, but. um, I'm going to go on a hot take here. Yeah. Jay O'Brien has a better career than Nolan Patrick. I could see it, a hundred percent. If anyone doesn't know, Jay O'Brien went in the twenty. Uh, was it the eighteen draft? O'Brien, because they took Joel. No, they took they took they took Farabee in the, the eighteen, and they took oh yeah, they took Jay O'Brien pick nineteen um, in the same round from Thayer. Yeah. So, Jay O'Brien, let's take a look at Jay O'Brien, man. Uh, so, he's in the BCHL right now. Uh, he actually left Providence College. Well, he played one year at Providence College, and he, this year he played in the BCHL. Um, he has 66 points in 46 games. Um, that's not a, usually a league a lot of, like, like high picks go to. I know Duncan Keith played in the BCHL, but, I mean, he, he really didn't uh, look like he did well with PC. He had five points in 25 games. Um, so we'll see. I'd assume he'll be, um, if anything, next year, um, he'll be in the AHL or the ECHL. I'd hope not, but I, I don't see him making the Flyers next year. Yeah, not next year, but definitely in the next two yeah. to three seasons, he's going to get the call up. Uh, yeah. I just kind of want to go player... off on this like little tangent here. Uh, get it kind of getting away from NHL hockey, but like more into like the international side. Yeah. What, in your opinion, what leagues are the best prospects coming from? Are they coming from, you know, the the men's leagues, the Swedish elite leagues, the Finnish leagues? 
it looks like it's more the Finnish leagues. And you think about the guys, like think about how many solid Finnish players have, are coming into the league now and how small Finland is. It seems like they're like a hockey factory lately. Um, outside, I still think the best league to play in is the CHL. Depending, I think it, the, in my opinion, the WHL is the most comparable to like, to like professional because of how physical it is. It seems like the Quebec Major Junior League is kind of softer in the sense and same with the O. But I would say the WHL is probably where the most prospects are coming out of. Um, those Swedish elite leagues and the Finnish leagues are, are solid, but you, you don't see guys from North America. Like, obviously, we saw Matthews go over and play in Switzerland. That's, that was, that's way off the board. But, I mean, he even says, that, like, he, he's glad he did it. So, I mean, I could see it being kind of 50-50, but I, don't, I, I would say Finland is another one that we got to look at for sure. It seems like they're producing just studs left and right. Yeah, just a quick comment on that Matthews uh, team. So he played for Zurich in the Swiss A League, and he's actually getting paid money. Like these guys, yeah, like when, I think he made 150k. Uh, he said, "Yeah, when these guys go over to these these other leagues, like they actually get paid. Like it's an actual job, not like the CHL yeah. where the CHL you just get stipends for your bills unless yeah, you play for the London Knights and you get money under the table." I'm yeah, just kidding. and you're. <laughs> and you're uh, and you're not living with like a billet family. Exactly. Um, but I think uh, we've touched upon enough with the uh, Flyers. Let's, uh, let's go across the state and go to uh, Pittsburgh. Yes, the Pittsburgh Penguins, the 2016 and 2017 back-to-back Stanley Cup champions. Captain uh, one and only Sidney Crosby, followed yeah. by arguably maybe the greatest Russian-born player up there with Ovechkin and Evgeny Malkin. Yeah, we're we're gonna go down that rabbit hole in, in a minute. This this team, this Pittsburgh team, or I mean, even the the last couple of teams, like these guys could have won like multiple Stanley Cups. A hundred percent. Like, um, you you ran you ran into a Washington Capitals team that was pissed off because Ovechkin didn't have his cup yet. That game sevens, like Pittsburgh could have won maybe another. They could have won three back to back. Another thing we got to talk about here, man, think about how much hockey they played those back-to-back seasons, how, how less of a summer's between both, both cup runs. You're going well into June, and that's very short off-season, so that's definitely some wear and tear. I agree with that. Um, but they, they could this, – this roster is still – they could still do some damage. So, hypothetically, if hockey does come back, right, are we going to see Jake Gensel back? That's a huge that's, bonus if they that's that, if they get him back because you think about that top six right, you'd roll with Malkin, Rust, Crosby, Gensel, Hornquist, and then you added um, you added uh, Jason, Jason Zucker, Zucker. Yep. yeah, and a guy that's having a phenomenal season and Brian Rust, dude, fifty six points in fifty five games, like huge breakout season for someone that really. That does has not shown that he's very offensively gifted. The most points he's had in his tenure with Pittsburgh is 38 points, and he's over a point per game right now with Pittsburgh. That's awesome. Keep this in mind, people. Brian Rust is not a Chris Kunitz on that team. He's no. not a beneficiary of Sidney Crosby. Crosby. No. Brian Rust is an actually good player. He's gritty. He gets in there, and he, he bangs pucks home. He was vital in those playoffs. Uh, that's what I'm saying. Cups. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, and not that's not a shot at Kunitz. Kunitz, Kunitz made a career. He, he's got it cups. He's got a Olympic gold. He's scored big goals, especially that OT winner against to send Ottawa out. Remember that? 
I, yeah, I remember Kryptonite. that. The one thing I love about the Pittsburgh Penguins is that I just can't find a hole in their lineup. Yep. Like maybe the defenseman, but like their yeah. bottom six, you have Jared McCann, Connor Sheary, yeah. Brandon Tanev, Teddy Bluger. Teddy Bluger has been really Patrick good for them. Patrick Marlowe. Oh, yeah, and they got Patrick Marlowe. Like, Nick, yep. Nick, Nick Bukestad. Bukestad. Yep. Um, we, well, and they also added Eric Branson. Yeah. Who's, like, tough, who's tough as shit. There are no holes in this lineup. Yep. And you have a 1A, 1B, two-headed monster and Jerry and Murray. And I think we got to talk about what's going to happen with Matt Murray because you have Jerry making under seven hundred grand right now. And you can get some cap relief either trading him or does he possibly the goalie that goes in the Seattle expansion? That's going to be tough. If I don't think Pittsburgh is going to let go of Matt Murray. You don't think so? I think Uh, Tristan Jari is going to, he's going to be more juicy, like in tempting to like push. We'll see. I don't know, man. You go back and we thought with flurry, we could, we thought possibly Murray could have been the one out. Because they were going back and forth in the playoffs too. It was I know they basically but... just rode the hot goalie. But yeah, no, you I I mean, I don't know. I think it's just your perspective. I mean, I I respect your side. I could see that happening, but I just think it's more likely that he's gonna be the one going. Either way, they both like it, this is a good situation for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Yeah, unless they lose him to the expansion. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, it's still crazy to think that there's a team coming from Seattle, dude. The rain, or the rain city bitch pigeons. <laughs> um, another guy, just dude, is I've I've always been a big fan of him, and the poor guy has had so many concussions and just so many injuries. Is Chris Letang, and I don't read people don't realize how valuable Chris Letang is. Chris Letang, does he have a Norris? Um, no, he doesn't. This man should have a Norris. He, he should have a Norris, 100%. Dude, 808 games played, 537 points. He's he's had big big seasons. It took him a couple of years to kind of, you know, I, I think when we saw the um, their first time on that uh, road to the Winter Classic, when we could see the behind the scenes, he realized how valuable he was. I mean, he his first in that 2010-2011 season, he put up 50 points. 50 points and he put up 42 and he's been kind of in that between 40 to 60 range the last 10 years and despite health has been the big hurt. issue yeah despite getting hurt and in playoffs 132 games played 80 points chris letang is good people yeah that's all you need to know um, and this might be a little off the board here is chris letang a future hall of famer could it three happen? cups he has three cups yeah. He has three cups. It depends on how he finishes his career out. Yeah, but I say yes. Day, I, but I agree. I think gonna, at the end of the day, 50, 58, 87, 71 are all going in the rafters. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Pittsburgh, one, I mean. They, one they, more thing on Latang. He's not going to be a first ballot. Just, just going to say no, that. No, no. And guys that he's going to have to go against in his time that are stud defensemen is Keith, Doughty, Weber. Those are Chara. some high-end defensemen, Chara. But, yeah, 
guy's tough as shit. He's worked his ass off enough to come back after all those injuries. So I have the utmost respect for Chris Letang. Before we hop off of Pittsburgh, let's just talk about Gino. Dude, the, in my opinion, I know it, he rides backseat to Crosby. The guy is – he's right there with Ovechkin as one of the greatest Russians, if not the greatest Russian to play. Um, I think one thing you have to keep in mind – Think about when Crosby went down with the concussion and missed the full season. Malkin won an MVP. If you look at the points per game, Malkin's about a 1.1 points per game player with Crosby in the lineup. When Crosby goes out, he goes to a 1.3. I think that speaks about how he plays. Malkin is a tank. He, yeah. he gets better when Crosby's out. Yeah. And if I'll, I'll say this, I'll go off the board. I think raw talent, Malkin has more talent than Crosby does. Crosby has the work ethic and the IQ to trump him. I agree. Mal- yeah, Malkin can take control of a game. It like, is, la- he- Dude, talk about that the Carolina series back in the day. Remember we had the hat trick? We did the little fucking <laughs> that backhander no-look top shelf from like the slot on Cam Ward. I've never seen someone dominate so much in a playoff like he did. Like he took over that game. He took he took over that playoffs, that yep. uh, that goal against the Flyers when he just teed it up. Yep. Oh, when he got croaked by uh, the one and only Mike Richards. Yep. Uh, so Eric, it's come that time in the show where we're gonna do our sixty second challenge. Oh and, shit! And I, and I got a good one for you, man. You All got right. me yesterday. So what is the deep? What's the deepest draft in the NHL, ever? It's the 2003 draft. Correct. Could you name the top? So if you filter it, right, guys who have the most points, could you could you take a, a stab at the top ten guys in the uh, in the points uh, department here? I'm gonna put 60 seconds on the clock, and uh, we're gonna get this thing going. All right. Do I need to do it? Do I need to do it in order? No. Okay. So re- you, you tell me when you're ready to go. All right, I think I'm ready. Okay, go. Corey Perry. Corey Perry, yep. Ryan Getzloff. Ryan Getzloff, yes. Evgeny Malkin. He's not in that draft. He's in the 04 draft. Damn it. Um, Mike Richards. Nope. Ryan Kessler. Nope. 2003. Yep. You got 30 seconds. Oh, my God. Jeff Carter. Yep. Uh, 2003. Joe Pavelski. Yep. How many do I have? Four? Yeah, 50 seconds. Oh, man. Who are the, who is the number two pick? Oh my god, I I'm blanking. Time. Time. Ah. All right, ready? So I'm gonna go through these by order. So number two pick in that draft, and he is number one in points, Eric Stahl. Okay. Getzloff, Bergeron, Perry. Oh my gosh. Pavelski, Parise, Vanek, Carter, Burns. Damn. Yeah. Thomas you know what's Vanek's crazy? Here. I watched the 2003 draft last night. Yep. Who was the first pick in that draft? Was that Flurry? Yes, sir. So, 
That was a, I know that was a tough one. I knew I was going to stump you on that, but that's a, I thought that was a good one. Yeah, that was a good one, uh, especially for points. Because I, I was thinking, I was like, who the hell was the first overall? I was like, wait, that's a yeah. goalie. Yeah, I, I would have never guessed Eric Stahl, dude. Yeah, Eric Stahl was dude. That revival season uh, in many after leaving the Rangers, I was shocked. But yeah, he. I mean, at the start, dude, he was a stud. I'll never forget seeing him after they won their cup that following season. I went to a game with my dad and. He just dominated, and that Hurricanes team wasn't that good after the year after they won the cup. Um, True, but speaking of that, let's talk about Carolina. All right, uh, biggest story is Svechnikov, dude. Hell yeah, I did not think what that first year he did, he did not look very good. Um, I was a little nervous with that, um, but yeah, monster season. You mean Mr. Michigan? Yeah, the dude that guy loves that move. Uh, for all you who don't know what the Michigan is, you so about what was it like twenty years ago? Yeah, Mike Leg did at the University of Michigan. Yeah, a University of Michigan player came from behind the net, and in one motion he he put the puck on his stick, like you know, using like force and stuff like that. Like he picked the puck lacrosse, up on his lacrosse stick. style. Yeah, and it was like a lacrosse style goal into the top corner of the net. It's never been pulled off in an NHL game ever until this twice. year. Yeah, he's done it twice. He's done it twice. <laughs> yeah. So he's yeah. he's done it, and the other guy who's done it was Philip Forsberg. Yep, Philip Forsberg did it to my Oilers. Yeah, so they call uh, Svechnikov the Michigan man for a reason. Yep. Absolute stud. And another stud they got there, um, they drafted um, Sebastian Ajo. Pretty good yes. player, Six, 66 points in 68 games at the age of 22. So you have a stud that's 22 in Ajo. You have a stud in Svechnikov at 19, and then you have a 20-year-old stud in Martin Nietzsche's. The future's bright there, man, especially in their forwards and Tibu Teravainen. The future's bright with them. They have a good coach, you know, good yep. GM. Yep. Uh, and They just went on this magical Eastern Conference final run. Yep, crazy. Um, their captain is Mr. Game 7. Yep. Uh, actually, their captain is uh, Jordan Stahl now. He, it is? It is. He was named captain at the start of this past season because um, Mr. Game 7 did not start the season with the team. He joined in the middle. Whatever. Justin Williams uh, is still a leader on that team. 100%. Yeah. Guy's got um, – <laughs> he – He's got the cups to show for it. Um, but one thing that, that was very troubling for them this year, and the guy was having a great year, is Dougie Hamilton, man. Go, him going down was a huge loss for them. I know we talked about this the other day, but I don't think the Bruins should have got rid of him. I, that, yeah, that was an off-topic uh, question, but I don't know, man. It just seems I, – I can, I can understand both sides because I think there was a disconnect between him and the Bruins' nucleus. It really Chara, you know, Bergeron, I think he just didn't get along. And I think at the time they knew that he was kind of a cancer in the locker room and they wanted that shit out. And there's a reason he got traded twice in three years. He was on the flames before this, right? Yep. He got traded from Boston to Calgary and then Calgary to Carolina. That, Cal that, that trade is crazy. You think about going back to that Calgary, Carolina, he comes in Carolina. You sent Noah Hannafin, a top five pick and you sent, um, uh, the sweet, the Swedish Ford um, Lindholm. 
and they Lindholm has looked very good in Calgary, but yeah, Hamilton Hamilton was up there as a Norris candidate, but for the time he was playing, 40, 40 points in forty seven games plus thirty, it's pretty good. Yeah, that's that's decent. Um, but I think they fleeced Florida, man. Getting Vincent Trocheck, that was a weird trade. Really yeah. don't understand Florida's side of that, but I think Carolina is a good addition for another forward. Another for, uh, defenseman we got to talk about is I think is very underrated is Jacob Slavin. He's so good, dude. Yeah, dude, he's reliable as hell. Um, uh, I'll never forget meeting Ron Francis's son uh, on spring break and him talking about how good Slavin was going to be. And this is when Slavin was coming out of college, and yeah, he was right. They have a really good decor. They do, and they have other kids coming up um, in their draft pool um, with Jake Bean. Um, I still don't know what's going to happen with Hayden Fleury. Uh, Brett Pesci's a stud. That's an underrated defenseman, too, that has some very good offensive potential, um, the UNH product. Uh, but, yeah, man, this th- I like this roster construction. And then they have TVR, too, but I think he's hurt at the moment. Do you like that Joel Edmondson trade for Justin Falk? Uh, I I do for St. Louis because I don't want to say it now because I want to wait till we talk about St. Louis on the next episode. Um, but I do like the trade for in St. Louis's favor. Yeah, I think Joel Edmondson is a good shutdown defenseman. Yeah, he's a. I would say he's a bottom six defenseman. He he was not. He was probably him or Bortuzzo probably the weakest defenseman in like play for the Blues. But yeah, it was a good depth piece to, for them to add. But I could see them moving on from him sooner rather than later. Just as a Hurricanes franchise as a whole, like. Prior to last year, like the team was really struggling. Yeah, this it, there was no money. Um, they didn't really have an identity before the whole bunch of jerks thing kind of came out. Yep, and it's hilarious thinking about Don Cherry going on Hockey Night in Canada and chirping him about it. Um, another defense and we didn't talk about that they acquired is Brady Shea off the New York Rangers. Oh shoot, I I totally missed him. Yeah, Rangers fans bit. are going to hate themselves for that one. Yeah, he's another good defenseman. He's only 25 years old, too. So the thing that they can do, too, here, they have plenty of players on their roster that they could dish if they want to ch- If they want to change up, you know, they want to go – they want a better, you know, bottom six. They have the pieces to go for it, and they still have plenty of prospects, like, just flourishing in the AHL. Um, we they also, also have Sammy Vatanen about- on the IR. Yep, and they also have – got to talk about Alex Nedeljkovic, dude. I think this kid's going to be the next goalie for them. Yeah, he's the goalie of the future for the Hurricanes. Yeah. James Reimer, you've been in this league for too long. You're, yep. My Razzik. opinion, your resume is like pretty subpar, so. Yep. Yeah, you were a leaf for way too long. I, mean, I feel bad for you, but. Peter Mrazek, he's like a roller coaster, dude. Yep. No, he's not – he can go on streaks, hot or cold. I just don't think he's super consistent. But I think their roster can hide their poor goaltending. Yeah. All in all, Hurricanes fans, pretty bright future. Uh, Eastern Conference final run again. It's not out of the picture, but you're just just so you you're know, gonna you're, need, gonna, you're gonna need a lot of you're gonna need a lot of help to get there. But they could do it a hundred percent. Yeah, you're going to run through a Pittsburgh team or a, a Washington team. or a Flyers team. Yeah. Um, 
uh, I think we're going to have to head to uh, Ohio here, man. Talk about the Blue Jackets. I love the Blue Jackets. They're, uh, I, 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 they've gone through a ton of adversity this year in regards to injury. That yeah, team, man. they really don't have a superstar. Um, I'd say the closest thing to the superstar would be Jones. And Tough I know you and I talk about this all the time, that Seth Jones for Johansson trade. Mm-hmm. At the time, I was really pissed off. But now I'm very, very happy that they got Yep, I'll never forget that we were at the dinner, and I, I was like, Jesus, that's a pretty ballsy trade, trading a franchise. It's crazy to think what Nationals had in their deep pool. Man, so much talent. Uh, but, yeah, that trade now, you look back, it's, it's, it's pretty essentially a fleece. Wouldn't you agree? I agree. Yeah. I just – like, Yarmo Kekalainen, dude, he is so yeah. – his IQ for players is so good. Yeah, and I I think too I commend him for doing what he did last year, getting Duchesne and trying to make a run um, for the fans. Obviously, it backfired in his face. You losing Duchesne, Panarin, and Bobrovsky, but their team has really stuck together. Um, Torts seems to be just keeping them motivated and keeping it simple and just trying to be as consistent as possible. They're obviously not the greatest roster on paper, but they work their bag off. Um, you know you're going to be blocking shots for torts. Um, and, dude, you're missing Josh Anderson, who I think is an underrated player. I would say similar to a poor man's Tom Wilson, but still highly valuable. Yeah, and you know, you know, you're, you know when torts is your coach if you look at your leadership. Nick Foligno is your captain. Yep. Cam Atkinson classy, is your assistant classy captain. Guy. And Boone yep. Jenner is your assistant captain. Like, those are, you know. T- those are torts players. Yeah, those are tough guys. Those are guys who – are going to go to the front of the net. They're going to make plays. They're going to be tough in the corners. Yeah. And they're going to piss you off, especially in the playoffs. Uh, I know this has been talked about, and I know this isn't any, like, new news, but Columbus picking Pierre-Luc Dubois really, off like – Off-the-board pick, but great The chain pick. reaction that they started in that draft. I'm sorry, Oilers fans, but you got screwed – Oh, we did. Uh, I'll never forget that, man. When they saw that the Oilers draft or brass was jaw-dropped that they were able to get Yessi Pugliarvi. Yeah. Pierre-Luc Dubois started playing center his uh, midway through his junior career. And the, he's he played for Cape Breton. Yeah, Cape Breton, then he trade. I think he was traded to Boy boys Brian, I, I can't remember how you say it but yeah. dude he's tough as shit for especially a french kid man he's a great player um I have, yeah, I have a lot of respect for his game he's a big kid he's on the last year of his entry-level contract what do you think he's gonna get paid all right so i could see him getting maybe i would say between four point i'd say it's gonna be a bridge deal maybe a two-year at like four seven between four seven to five maybe closer to the five range i agree i'm just looking at their contracts and like their highest paid player is cam atkinson and he makes 5.8 this this team this team they it's they'll they'll take discounts for each other yeah that's that's just the buy-in of the columbus blue jackets 
Yeah. It's kind of like the Bruins. The you know Patrice Bergeron taking deal cuts so he can get other guys to play on the team. He's a I'm, I'm a big fan of that kid. Just going back to Dubois, dude. I'm a big fan of him. Um, I really I just I like this despite it not being a very skilled roster in the sense of what they had. They're still gritty and they can still. Oh, we we got to talk about Merzlikens, dude, and Corpusalo. Yeah, the Columbus Blue Jackets have a one-two punch in goalie. A hundred percent. They honestly might have the best goalie tandem in the league right now. Uh, I, 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 sorry, I'd say Rask and Halak are. Yeah, Corpus Salo and Merz Lincolns, they came out of no- they both came out of nowhere to be honest. A hundred percent, dude. Corpus Salo, I think it was either last year or the year before, was just backing up Bobrovsky, and he was stealing the show, and then. Corpus Salo goes down this year, and Merz Lincolns uh, just takes over. You know, what did he have? Three, four, five shutouts? I, I can't even remember. Yeah. Um, they are – they've looked very good. Um, Merz Lincoln's contract, the two-year for two – two-year eight is pretty good. I'd say it's a fair contract. Um, oh, but yeah. But one player I, we, we haven't talked about yet. Uh, there's actually two players I really want to talk about here. Um, how do you feel about that night, the Gustav Nyquist signing at 5.5, and he's 30 years old? I don't like it. I don't like it either. And another player that's on a bad contract right now, and he's young, is Alexander Wenberg. Yeah, I could see that going. I could see that going uh, sour at like the yeah. last like two years. Not saying he's bad or anything, but it's he. You he hasn't he, he has not played well. Um, there's a reason he wasn't playing um, in the playoffs last year when they played Boston. Yeah, and then you look at guys like Oliver Bjorkstrand, who's only making two five. Like, yeah. But then again, he's a center, and centers are like super valuable in this league. So, yeah. But uh, I, I think at the end of the day, I think that. Basically, to say about the Blue Jackets is they're a resilient team. Um, they're going through a tough time with what happened last year, but they've definitely put it behind them, and they're behind Torts, and they're, he's getting the most out of his roster, I will say that. Yeah, Columbus Blue Jackets, really gritty. Don't take them lightly in the playoffs because they Tampa. will. Tampa learned that the hard way. Yep. All right, we'll move on to the uh, New York Islanders. Woohoo, the lovely Long Island Islanders. We've been there a couple times, right? Yep, I've been there three times. Yeah, we've Great both rank. we've both Happy been to-, to the Nassau Coliseum. You've been there more than me, and we've yeah. also been to the Barclays Center. Uh, I'm I'm, ha- I'm happy to say that they're staying on that Nassau next year before the new rink's built, which is awesome. Um, it's a great spot, and I think I think too when that came back, like the they came back to play at the Coliseum. I think it kind of rejuvenated the Islanders fans. Yeah, Long Island, the Islanders stay on Long Island. Do not move them out. Those fans are diehards. One hundred percent. There is a reason why they're called the Islanders. Do they do not want to be associated with the Rangers at all? Exactly. It's not the cup didn't go to New York. It went to Long Island. Dude, that and plus they. Top five atmosphere uh, at their barn. Oh, 100%, man. I, I really wish I got to go to one of those games. Um, but, yeah, the, it's awesome tailgating there. It's like going to a football game. Um, I had a lot of fun when I've gone. Um, yeah, I, I can't wait to go back, hopefully, sooner rather than later. But 
I think let's get into this. Uh, let's get into this Island, Islanders roster. And I think there's one thing we really need to talk about. It's Matt Barzell. What's going to happen here? There's, there's definitely the he's their franchise player, but there's definitely a disconnect with him and the way he wants to play and how Trotz wants to play. Uh, it's tough. I would really love to see Barzell stay as an Islander. And like, if you just look at the Islanders fans, like, they just had their hearts broken by Tavares. They don't need it with him. Like, I, I, and I know what you're saying about Trotz, you know, he's a very defensive coach. Yep. And Barzell, he, he's way too skilled to be playing like a two-way forward kind of yep. play. He needs to be let free sometimes. And we've seen it when they, he's been benched a few times now. Um, by him and it's it's really like even when they're they're up you know 4-1 he's been benched uh it's crazy and um I think we need to talk about what Elliot Friedman said um on his podcast talking about is there a possibility he gets offer sheeted this summer and I think it's a real possibility I think it's a possibility too but if I'm an I if if I'm Lou Lamorello I'm doing whatever I can to keep this guy the one thing I don't like about the Islanders, dude, is they have all these these old they they're not old, but they have veterans. Anders Lee locked up for seven mil. Yeah. They have Brock Nelson locked up for six mil. They have Eberly locked up for five and a half. They have Andrew Ladd for five and a half. They're gonna be buying yeah. some guys out. And I think the first buyout's gotta be Andrew Ladd. <laughs> yeah, Andrew, for real. Andrew Ladd he was playing in Bridgeport this year and was even producing there. So I think that tells you everything you need to know about him. Now I, he, he was a great player, but I think his time's done in the NHL. Yep. A, a really good uh, thing that the Islanders did do this year was pick up John Gabriel Paggio. Yep. That was a great sign and trade. And when you looked when you looked at the what they offered, because the when the trade happened, he had not signed. You thought, okay, why is Lou giving him giving Ottawa this much for him? And then you saw the the signing, and that's why they he they gave up so much. Um, very good player, very similar to the sense of how Bergeron is. He does not have the same offensive gifts that Bergeron does, but very similar in the sense of the two hundred foot game. Yeah, John, John Gabriel Pajot is also really good on the penalty kill. Yep, 100%. And the, you would know, you had him in fantasy. Yeah, I had him on my fantasy team. I picked him up early in the season, and this dude was just a stud. Doesn't matter, though, because I came in like eighth fucking place, so I lost my money. <laughs> uh, the only good thing is, is that the season is canked, so sorry to all the boys in the fantasy hockey league like Briz. We don't know that yet. We don't know that yet, man. Don't don't draw uh, conclusions yet. You're right. You're right. You're right. Um, the only thing I'm this. happy about is that I don't have to give you 200 bucks for the Oilers this year. That's very true. But we got to talk. We, let's get into this back end, dude. There's a there's some bright spots, but there are some sore spots here. You got Johnny Boychuk, a 36 year old, 36 years old, making six million until 21, 22, and he's dude. He's gonna be almost 39, and he's making six. You got Nicoletti making 5.5. You have Andy Green. Or Andy Green's gone at the end of the season, but those two, that's a lot of money between them. It really is. And But 
you have bright spots here in Ryan Pollock, who is a very good defenseman, who's going to be an RFA. I think you can get him a, de- a decent dollar. You have Noah Dobson, uh, first rounder, who looks pretty good. He's 20, and he played this this season. And look, he, I mean, he's 20. He's going to make his mistakes, but you can definitely see there's some talent there. You have Devin Taze, who's pretty good. And then you also have Adam Pellick, who got hurt. And he, he looks like he, he's, he's very competent on the back end. Very good depth piece. Yeah. The Islanders, they're in a good situation. I just think once they uh, get rid of Boychuk and Andy Green, uh, yeah. I think they're going to keep Thomas Hickey around. I, I think too. I agree. And I think uh, you have Mayfield signed until 22-23 at 1-4, which is a very fair contract. Um, dude, what's going – the whole thing with Ho Sang, man, and Del Cole – Two high end, two high end first rounders that just couldn't kick it, dude. Yeah, these guys. Uh, it's tough. It's sad, especially it's, Dow Cole being a top five pick. Yeah, it's sad. The Islanders, they either hit or miss in the draft. Hundred yeah. percent. They they drafted Griffin Reinhardt. Did not play in the NHL, or he did, nope. but he's garbage. Yeah. Oh, saying bad attitude problem. Doesn't play in the NHL. Dal Cole just can't play in the NHL. And then you have other prospects like Kiefer Bellows, Oliver Wallstrom. Wallstrom definitely looks like he's got the talent here. Yeah, so it's looking up. Uh, one, guy that we, uh, one guy that I'm going to um, uh, toot his horn is Anthony Beauvillier. I love that guy. Good player. He's got some, he's got some speed. Um, he looked really good when I saw him playing with Derek Broussard. They oh, yeah, and they have Derek Broussard. Yep. Bovilia, yep. Still young. He's only 22. Um, he's definitely thrives, I think, more in a top six role than a bottom six, just his style of play. Um, from the two times I've seen him play in person, he's looked very good. He actually scored a, a very nice shorthanded goal against my Oilers. Fuck you. Hell, hell yeah. But, yeah, man. The, I, I, liked, I like how Luz constructed this team. I think there's some things here that he got – like. He he. The Letty and Boychuk situation was out of his control. Uh, I think it's a win for his uh, him getting uh, Pajot. If he can pull off the the Barzell and keep him at a decent dollar value, I think that's a huge win for the Islanders. Yeah, that's gotta be their number one priority right now is locking up Barzell. Yep. Uh, the other thing we gotta talk about, dude, that Russian goalie they got, the stud. Oh another, yeah, another what, what? another. Another great addition by Lou. What what is his name again? I can't remember, but I've I found his name. Ilya Sorokin. This kid looks like he's gonna be the real deal, man. And thankfully, because your goalies are 32 and 34 years old, you have Varlamov making five million until 22, 23. You have Grice leaving at the end of the season, so he could come in and take that spot. Yeah. And I think he's going to give Varlamov a run for his money as the starter. Varlamov, he's 32, previously with the Colorado Avalanche, and then before that, Washington. 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 Good goalie. He's, he's, He's going to probably transition to a backup role. Yeah. But if, uh, they got, if they truly believe in this Sorokin goalie, uh, you know, Islanders, you're in good shape for now. 
Um, just the big question is if you're going to lock Barzell up. Yeah. And how long do you think, if you had to give a time frame, how long do you think Trotz has left in the island? I'm going to say two, two to three years. Uh, yep. the, the, to, to get to the final is like imminent for them right now. Mm-hmm. I think they could do it. I think they could be in a cup final in the next two or three years. They can do it. It's just yep. like it, it's going to be seven game series. Yep. Like it's going Bar- it's, it's to come down to Barzell too. And if he's there and Pajot will be another X factor, especially in the playoffs. Yep. It's doable, right. but it'll be a long road for the Islanders. All right, man. Let's tr- uh, transition more into the city. So I think it's time that we talk about the Rangers. The New York Rangers. There's a lot of good things to talk about here. There's a I'm lot excited. of good things. Uh, just just to start off, they missed their window. Uh, yeah. I feel bad for Henrik Lundqvist. Dude, literally gave you know the team his heart and soul for so many years. And they came up short in 2014. But uh, in terms of rebuilding, like, they've it's done a solid rebuild. They've done a really, really good job rebuilding. Like, I remember, I remember like a while ago, we were like, wow, the Rangers are going to stink in, yeah. for so long. Yeah. And yeah, 100%. It was, uh, dude, I, I, going back, I'll never forget. Um, sitting in your girlfriend's house talking about what the hell are they going to do when they had Nash um, and you had Hayes and all these guys and you knew the money, the the money wasn't going to work and what had to be done. And then remember they had the, they issued like a public apology about their rebuild on Twitter. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. What team ever does that? And dude, the the Rangers hands down, they're the wealthiest uh, NHL franchise in the league and it's not close. Um, So that was a little weird, but, I'm really I'm I'm very impressed what management has done with just player development, drafting, and just getting rid of contracts. Um, like going back to the Kevin Hayes trade, getting Brendan Lemieux back from Winnipeg for a, a rental, and Hayes really didn't click in Winnipeg, and I think they won that big. They won that trade big. They did. Um, and then you uh, you were able to acquire Adam Fox, which I think is a huge win. If anyone has watched the Rangers this season, you can say that Fox's two-way game is amazing. He, yep. he is going to be a really good defenseman for a really long time in this league. Yep, and you also have Tony D'Angelo, who's really broken out. The kid that drafted by Phoenix really wasn't working there, and he's found a home here in New York. You know who I think uh, – I don't. I don't really remember uh, the details, but uh, when the Rangers let go of Neil Pionk, who was that for? Neil Pionk. That was part of the Hayes trade. They. Sh- mm, I don't think they should have got rid of Neil Pionk. No, Neil Pionk for Winnipeg. Neil Pionk was their best defenseman this year, and that's what like obviously not having Bufflin sucked, but yeah, Neil Pionk looked pretty good with them having a very poor decor. The Rangers, though, they're in good shape. You have Artemi Panarin locked up for the next 100 million years. You have Zabinajad. Z- Zabinajad. Dude. Absolute fleece job by the Rangers to the Ottawa Senators. He has literally taken over this team. Like, he yeah. – this I is his he team. To see. He needs to see. 
Um, yeah. And we also cannot forget they still have number two overall pick, Capo Caco, still getting better. The kid's only 18 years old. I think it probably, looking back now, I don't think he should have played in the league this year. I think they should have put him either in the AHL or he should have stayed over um, in Finland. I think, too, man, Capo uh, Caco, number two overall pick. Um, I think it was too early for him to be playing in the NHL. Uh, I think he sh- either should have stayed in Finland or just went and played in Hartford. Um, I don't think Heedle's ready for the NHL yet. You know, he has 23 points in 60 games. I think it would have been more beneficial for him to be in the minors as well. Yeah, I can't argue with that. Yeah. Uh, you just um, you, you never want to rush a player's development, especially exactly. in the NHL, because it, it, it'll tank their confidence, it'll tank their morale, and then they never, you know, there's some players that just never get that back. How do you feel about Jacob Truba? How do you feel about that whole thing? He's 26. I like it, but not he he's not an eight million dollar defenseman. I agree. Um the thing they have with him is his age. He's still very young. This could have been a lot worse. Say he was twenty nine or thirty. His contract would have been brutal. Um, hopefully as the cap goes up, this contract gets a little bit better. It, I think it would have if the league didn't have a suspension this year. Um, with We were talking about the TV deal last episode where the cap possibly could have been up to $88.5 million. But, yeah, uh, he's a good defenseman. I wouldn't even th- – he's not their best defenseman. He makes $8 million. No way. So that's – that's, I don't think it's – it's not bad right now. Could it be? Could it get worse? Yes, but could it also get better? I think that could happen too. It, you know, he he could have a, a monster season next year or something, and be like, "Oh crap, he is living up to this contract." Yeah. Um, Just so, one uh, one more thing on the Rangers is the future of Henrik Lundqvist. And you have two. You have two goalies now that I think could run this team without Hank. As much as Hank's put his heart and soul into New York. I just think it's time. His time here is coming to an end. It's sad, but I think if you're the GM, you have to really consider moving forward without him. Yeah, it's just what what is Henrik going to do? Is he going to retire as a Ranger without a cup? Or is the GM going to do him a favor and uh, trade him to a contender so that he can get a cup, just like Ray Bork and all the other guys who, you know, who played in this league for so long and never got a cup. Uh, the last guy who I can think of who, like, just play with an entire team is Shane Doan. Respect. Played an, for awesome, the, an awesome person. And I see, I see a lot of similarities with him and what he means to Arizona and what Lundquist means to New York. Yeah, I could see Lundquist just not, like, he just bleeds blue like he's not gonna want to go to another team just because he's a ranger for life um one thing i want to i want to touch upon before we transition here lias anderson 20 years old first round pick seventh in that draft there's possible talks right now with the new york rangers and the edmonton oilers for a trade that would involve lias anderson to edmonton for yesi pulley who is the number four pick in that right behind Pierre-Luc Dubois. If you're the Rangers GM here, are you con- are you even considering that, even though it, the rumors are out there? And if you're Edmonton, would you do this deal? This is really tough for me because I have I, – I think 
if I'm Edmonton, I would do this deal. If I'm Edmonton, I'm trying to move Pugliarvi. Yes. If I'm the Rangers, I'm not taking Pugliarvi. It's going to be very tough for a team to want to take Pugliarvi. I think the the only team I could ever see him going to would be the Carolina Hurricanes just because of the connection there with Sebastian Ajo. Is he eligible for this expansion? Who? I don't know how that works. Um, they haven't come out with talking. I don't know if he – I don't – because he's still – he'll be off his ELC by then, so I think yes. But if he wasn't – if he was still an ELC contract, no, I don't think he could have been uh, available for the expansion. All right. Well, yeah, I think, I think we've talked about the Rangers enough. Um, I think the consensus here is they have successfully rebuilt their team. Uh, I think – Maybe what give them one to two years for them to be, I think, another top team in the metro. Yeah, um, you have a lot of you have a lot of talent coming up. Um, your boy, uh, Paul Colson, sorry, uh, Kratzoff, sorry, yeah, Kratzoff, Paul Colson is going to the Canucks. Yep, so Vitaly Kratzoff, uh, first round pick a couple years ago, uh, still hasn't cracked NHL lineup, but uh. I know he wants to play in the NHL uh, just from like videos that I've seen and, you know, interviews and stuff like that. Uh, I think he's going to crack a lineup soon. And uh, I'm really high on this guy. Uh, I really hope, I hope he comes up and is a stud because we've, we've seen the, the talents there. You know, it is. So yeah. Rangers, you have a good uh, thing going forward. Um, stay patient. Yep. So last but not least, now we got to go across Jersey, the river, New Jersey oh. devils. Oof. Ooh, um, it's been a very, start. very disappointing season for the Devils. And I think we got to start with, dude, P.K. Subban. Oh. Yeah, I, I'm going to let you talk about that because I know how much that bothers you. I just it, – it's, it's so sad seeing how dominant he was as a have and one of Norris and then just what happened with the trade with Weber – and you thought, okay, wow, Nashville fleeced Montreal. And then, you know, Subban had, a, I think, his first year there, he was decent. And then he started seeing a decline, and then it got really bad. And then Summer traded um, to New Jersey, and it looked like things were on the up and up getting, okay, you got Subban, um, and he, he's going to kind of run your decor, and he did not have a great season. Um, Seems like since he's been with Lindsey Vaughn, his game has really dead, like just gone downhill. I know he's been plagued by injuries, but the, it just seems like he's he, he was such a great skater, and I think he's lost a step or two, and it's really starting to wear on it or on him. And I just don't see him getting any better. I think this is only going to get worse. I agree. P.K. Subban, at one point, an elite defenseman. You have the first overall pick in the draft. You're taking Hughes. You, you just you signed get, Gusev. You go out and make a trade with Vegas to get this stud Russian. And it looked like things were on the up and up. And you had Taylor Hall. Could you convince Taylor Hall to stay in New Jersey? You needed – I know they needed, they needed to have some success for Hall to want to stay. And that did not happen. But – some bright spots say. about the New Jersey Devils. I'm sorry to cut you off there, but no worries. No worries. The New Jersey Devils, they have a first they have their fur they have their own 
first round pick. They have a conditional pick for the Hall deal. And then they have a conditional pick from the Canucks in round one. So they have potentially three picks in round one this season. Yeah. They don't have a second. They don't have a third. They have two in the fourth, one in the fifth, one in the sixth, one in the seventh. Yeah. They're going to have to hit on those first rounders. Yeah. And um, another player I want to talk about here, um, hopefully – this kid, um, I think he, he's going to need some more time. Uh, is Ty Smith? They drafted uh, in that 18 draft. They took him 17th overall defenseman out of the Western Hockey League. Um, there, I'm hoping that he is one of the like a not a savior, but a bright spot coming up. The kid looks like he's got some offensive potential. His last three years in Spokane, dude, 73 points in 17-18, uh, 69 points in 18-19, and 59 in 19-20. However, the 59 points came in 46 games. So you can see this kid's got some offensive potential. This could be the, you know, the quarterback of your power play. Um, it looks like he's a very good puck-moving defenseman. Um, I'm hoping maybe he uh, – I'd say maybe one more year, of probably in the minors and then coming up. But that's a, that's a very bright spot for them and with Hughes, obviously. Yeah, they have a couple good prospects too. They have Nolan Foote, Nick Merkley. Yep. Uh, ben um, Street, no, sorry, that he that guy is old. Never mind, <laughs> that guy um, is old. That, how do you feel about um, Nico Heischer? Tough to say. Still, he's still young. He's still young, and he just got signed to a massive contract. Yeah, there's. The, I've I've been reading things that he's got a very his defensive game is getting a lot better. Is what I, I mean, he was a minus 16 this year, but it's also on a bad Devils team. I've heard he's, he's more valuable in the sense that he's starting to, they're starting to use him in more different situations than just five on five in the uh, power play. Yeah, I think when Nico Heischer's like 24, that's when you're really going to see the break, yeah. the 23 24 range. You're going to see that breakout from him. Yeah. Uh, because um, Jack Hughes will be a little bit older, uh, yeah. Gusev will be a little bit older. Uh, I think they're going to keep Jesper Bratt. Yep. I'm, I'm a big fan of him. Um, I, I don't think – I'm not a, I'm not high on Pavel Zaka. Um, I think they also, with that, trading Blake Coleman, that was a great trade for them with the return they got back. Um, Who did they get back they, for him? They got a first-rounder for him. Okay, yeah. Um, they got a first, So they got two first-rounders between Coleman and Hall. Um, they, they traded away Simmons. They also traded away Votnin. So they have, they have picks coming up in the draft, which is really good. Um, hopefully they could even with, with what they have, they can move up if they see something they like too. I think they have enough ammunition, um, which is good. They're obviously going to be another top, a high end pick this year. So the future's bright there. I still think that there's still three, three to four years, I think of a rebuild before they're even contenders. Um, yeah, I think uh, New Jersey is going to be one of those teams that goes in on free agency. Yeah. Um, one player um, that I kind of think needs a fresh start, and I think that they could move him potentially at the draft, is Miles Wood. Yeah, Miles Wood is a gritty player. You, you know what system I'd see him thr uh, thrive in is a, probably a Columbus. Yep. I could see him in Boston, too. He, uh, yeah, he went Boston. to Nobles and Greeno. Yeah, I think he's from the Boston area. It says he's from Buffalo, New York, but I'm pretty sure he's – he grew, he lived in Massachusetts as a kid. 
if you're listening to this podcast right now, I will tell you to go look up the Miles Wood versus Jamie Ben fight. Yep, and that tells you how how strong this kid is. Yeah, and Miles, Jamie Jamie Ben Jamie Ben is no weakling. He's probably arguably one of the best power forwards, strongest guys in the league, especially that's a forward with talent. Yeah, these dudes were beating the bag off of each other, like helmets flying, like they they both fell to the ice, and the refs let them get back up and keep going at it. Like that was an old school fight, and you just don't see that happen anymore. Miles Wood is like. 24 years old and Jamie Ben is a stud in this league. He's a captain of the Dallas Stars. Miles Wood, super gritty, just not just doesn't thrive in this New Jersey offense. Yeah. yeah. I think too, remember he he held out. I don't think that would look well with management. Um I think Tommy Fitzgerald's gonna do a really good job build at rebuilding this team. He's in really like a tough spot here. There's it's it's he has to be very careful with the moves he makes here. He can't be too um too volatile because he could take six step backwards if he really you know you make one bad move and you kind of really take a step back here and have to reevaluate and go from there which obviously if i'm the gm i that's the last thing i want to do we talked about capo caco maybe spending another year in the minors do you feel that same way about jack hughes i, I really do i don't think he sh- i i don't think he should have went to college um i think maybe either going to play in the chl would probably be my best my best bet or even possibly the ahl i know that it's really weird for a number one overall pick to do that but eric Stahl did that um and it would have it would have been a little weird and a little off the board but i think in long term they i think too at the time Shearer wanted to see if he could keep hall and he had to roll the dice and that obviously didn't work and that blew up in his face and now it's time for Tommy Fitzgerald to pick up the the pieces and really try to structure this team and put them on the right track. So that was, it was a risk and it didn't work. Is it the end of the world? No, but yeah, I'm, I'm hoping teams now going forward, will use him and Capo uh, as like examples. Okay. We do not want to rush him, especially Hughes. Like Hughes is an undersized forward. Um, Very comparable to Patrick Kane. Um, Kane thrived as a rookie. Uh, Hughes really did not start off well. He did finish. I will say at the his second half was much better than his start. Um, I would have loved to see him go and play in the World Juniors. Oh yeah, he uh, he should have. He been would there. have been. He, he I could have saw if he goes. I think the Americans could have won the the gold medal. But. I think uh, I th- I think we're coming to a close here, man. I think that's enough talk about the Devils. I think the consensus here is Tommy Fitz has got a lot of st- stuff on his plate, but I think he can handle this. And I think it's it just you got to be patient if you're a Devils fan. I know it sucks, but that's that's reality. Definitely agree with that. All right, so we're coming to a close of episode two. This episode we covered the Metropolitan Division. This is part two of the uh, four-part series of us breaking down the divisions. Uh, There's not much going on in the hockey world right now, so we figured that we'd just break down uh, the current standings, talk about the players, talk about the contracts, and uh, go from there. Uh, we got a lot of good content uh, planning um, for the next couple months, depending on whether hockey comes back or not. But, yeah, we're going to wrap this show up here. Uh, any closing thoughts? I just think this is a – if you really think about it, man, if you were to 
say at the start of the season, think about all the stuff that happened in the Metro with just trades. It's crazy, like, how different teams look now from the start. Yeah, it, a lot can change in, yeah. in a year. Yeah, just, for example, Pajot going to the Islanders, Hall leaving, um, the emergence of Zabinajad and the Rangers, Panarin living up to the big contract, Merzlikens coming out of nowhere and getting a, an awesome contract to that team, um, the possibility of Matt Barzell getting a, a, a offer sheet. It's just this. It's crazy what happened in this division. Um, I really hope playoff hockey comes because there's a lot of good teams out of this uh, division. So um, I, this was a great conversation. I'm happy we did it. Yeah, I agree with that. So, yeah, that's it for us. Uh, we wish you all a happy Mother's Day to all the hockey moms out there and everyone. Um, couldn't thank them enough for uh, bringing us to all their games. Uh, hope everyone stays healthy, stays safe, um, and we hope the hockey comes back soon. See you guys next week. Have, have a great one, everyone. Further to front, deflection, stop, great stop there. Blackwood, Rob Wilson. Ovechkin put it right on a platter for him. Because that's up for Ovechkin. Drive! He scores! His spectacular history-making continues. 700 red lights.